Get the little ones, sit back, relax, and listen to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. And now, Dakota Ring Theater presents the continuing adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, that scourge of the underworld, hunter of those who prey upon the innocent, that marvelous masked mystery man known only as the Red Panda! The Red Panda, mysterious masked marvel, hides his true identity of August Fenwick, one of the city's wealthiest men, in his never-ending battle against the forces of darkness and oppression. Together with his wife and partner, Kit Baxter Fenwick, who joins him in his quest in the guise of the Flying Squirrel, he fights a private war that evildoers everywhere shall know justice at the hands of the Red Panda. This episode, The Missing Links. Baxter! Baxter, where in blazes are you? Ten seconds, Editor Pearly. Ten seconds? We haven't got ten seconds. This is a newspaper. Birds! Do you have a general idea of what I'm going to do if we're the only paper in town without a prize photo for our better story? I mean it! If I have to run a picture of a little girl feeding a squirrel, she's going to be feeding it your severed head! Move! Tim, your imagery gets more disturbing with every passing day. Thank you for noticing. We're two hours from deadline. When it comes, are we going to be anything more than two hours older? We've got dozens of profiles, we've got pictures of family members left behind, we've got interviews, and we've got a great big fold-out map showing the affected areas. Affected areas? That's a map of the city with a bright red splotch all over it. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. So we've got a whole lot of not much. What exactly did your lordship expect us to have? We've got more than 200 people reported missing in the last 24 hours. I want us to know what the man in the street wants to know. I want to know where they are. They're missing. If we knew where they were, we'd have to call it something else. Don't crack wise. There are a handful of days out of the year when every single man and woman in the city buys a newspaper whether they need it or not. This is going to be one of them. And I want them buying the Chronicle. Speaking as the owner's wife, I'm thrilled with the idea. Speaking as your associate editor, what the heck do you want me to do about it? I want answers. People don't just disappear. What's happened to them? Have they been kidnapped? Have they been hypnotized and marched off a cliff? Are they being held against their will? If so, where? If so, why? If so... Those aren't answers, Tim. Those are questions with exclamation points. And if that's the best you can do, then that's what I need, and fast. What about the war angle? Why is no one talking about that? The war angle? You think the Nazis are kidnapping milkmen and construction workers and housewives? You really think that? Uh, Of course I don't think that. But we have to print something, and it has to be something that can sell papers, and I have to deal with the fact that the Telegraph is going to lead with a story that this is a precursor to a Japanese invasion. A Japanese invasion? Of Toronto? Yes. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Only because you haven't come up with anything stupider yet. Do you want me to write about space aliens, Tim? Should this be all about the saucer men? Can we get an artist's rendering of a man from Mars? All right, don't get hysterical. I don't want to cause a panic by printing wild speculation. People will speculate all they want. We've got innocent civilians disappearing from their beds. You want to keep people calm? Figure out why this is happening. And the next two hours, with you screaming at me? Chronicle Reporter Solves Mystery Saves City. Yeah, 
I can work with that headline, so get on that. Or at least give me something to print. Helen! Where in blazes did you put my brothers? Helen! Oh, boy, what a grouch. Harry Kelly! Yes, boss? Get back here. Yes, boss. Perhaps you think I did not notice the little item that you put on my desk, Harry Kelly? What's wrong with it? You mean aside from the fact that it neatly fits Editor Purley's desire for a science fiction angle? There's no fiction, Mrs. Baxter. The entire time these people have been disappearing, there have been freak electrical storms all over the city. Harry... I talked to a man at the weather service and two men at the university, and nobody can explain it. These lightning storms come out of nowhere, stay for a few minutes, and afterwards people are just gone. But you haven't tied the two together, Harry. If you had witnesses, or if we could confirm the time of the disappearances to match those of the storm. It's hard to confirm when someone disappeared, boss. All we know is the last time somebody saw them, which could be hours before. I never promise you an easy job, Harry. This is actually thinner than the Telegraph's Japanese invasion. I sent you out fact-checking. These are the facts. But no one can check them. But just look at this map. This is the same map we're already running, but in blue. No. The map we're running is of sites affected by disappearances. This is of reported locations of the storms. They're... they're almost identical. Why didn't you show me this before? Teddy, I'm going to need you to rework that fold-out. Don't make that face at me. I see everything. What the heck was that? Look, boss, that can't be more than half a mile away. It's one of those storm clouds I was talking about. Impossible. It's like a lightning storm in the middle of a clear sky. Right over Queen Street. Burns! Burns! I got your page one photo right out the window. Don't ask questions, just click away and make sure it's good. Harry, get over there right away. Find me someone who saw something, anything. Somebody willing to say somebody else just went missing. And get back here at something approaching the speed of light. But, boss, I think I ought to call this in to... You know who? Leave you know who to me, sport. Don't worry, I'll make sure you get the credit. Just go! That noise you hear is me breaking the sound barrier. Gus? Gus? Ah, there you are, kid. Here I are, all right. Your secretary seemed a little confused by my presence. I don't get a lot of visitors. Which is, of course, by design. I gotta say... Your new office is a little less grandiose than I expected. Yes, I get that a lot. Well, whenever someone stops by, which isn't often. Lock the door, would you? Mm, sounds like fun, Gus. But we've actually got work to do. Lock the door. Okay. Still don't get why you've suddenly decided you need to have an office at Fenwick Industries. That's because I haven't shown you this. Holy crow! Secret panels and everything! Look at all of this! Do you like it? It officially fits the bill as grandiose. Should you really have a second crime lab at work? It isn't a crime lab. It's a lab lab. People seem to have accepted that August Fenwick came back from Europe a little more serious, but they wouldn't quite be ready for the idea of him as a mad inventor. They think I sit and read reports all day, but really I'm in here working on ideas that I can pass off as the work of company scientists as they near completion and so direct the real work of Fenwick Laboratories. Mostly geared toward the war effort right now. Like this force projector array. What are you smiling at? You. You've turned into your own secret identity. I spent a year not knowing who the Red Panda was. 
Along the way, I suppose I remembered how to be August Fenwick again. Secret panels notwithstanding. What if someone quizzes you on the paperwork you're ignoring? That's the clever bit. I have an agent planted in the administration office that intercepts everything they send to August Fenwick, writes a short summary of it, and sends it along through channels to the Red Panda. She thinks she's keeping tabs on me when she's really just doing my homework. Mm, how many times were you nearly expelled again? Eleven. Is that look meant to be disapproving and school marmish? Because it's actually rather stimulating. Down, boy. Save city now, get frisky later. The city owes me one for this. I'll add it to the tab. Did you get a chance to look at Harry's report? Do you mean my sneak peek at the Evening Chronicle? Yes. It's interesting. I have some thoughts on the subject. Well, hold on to your hat, sweetie, because you ain't heard nothing yet. We managed to get confirmation of a half dozen more disappearances timed with a lightning storm, and there's probably more. Yes, I saw that. But what didn't make the paper is the fact that there was an eyewitness. Somebody saw exactly what happened to one of the people that vanished. And that didn't make the paper? It did not. Because our disappeared citizens... Were turned into ape men. Of course. Could you please seem at least a little surprised by this? Gus! A man was hit by a bolt of lightning and went through a full-fledged wolf-man transformation. Except he didn't turn into a wolf, he turned into a chimp. Or a chip-man Z, or, or something, and then he ran off! Look at this. Hey! Where did you get a picture of that storm? The Chronicle's just hitting the streets now. This is from a war office file on Dr. Peter Sterling. He was working on a device that would create and project cloud cover for Allied aircraft. It held some promise, but was eventually abandoned. What for? It looks pretty good to me. Unless you use it in the middle of a day in a clear blue sky. I'm guessing that wasn't the point. No, indeed. But the clouds couldn't travel as quickly as the aircraft. They could barely keep up with some airships, and since Allied air defense had very little to do with hiding zeppelins, the device was dismissed as impractical. We don't like portable lightning storms now. See, that's the thing. There shouldn't have been any lightning. And there certainly shouldn't have been any ape men. That's what I keep saying. Why do you have this file, anyway? I stole it. Of course. Dr. Sterling died last month. His laboratory was cleaned out, mostly to pay off his creditors, but no one seems to know what went where or what they intended to do about it. The army sent round a circular to high-technology laboratories, but it was light on details, so I helped myself to this. I thought this was August Fenwick's lab, not the Red Pandas. It's an interesting point. In any case, it seems like too much of a coincidence to actually be one. So whoever's flying around in an airship turning people into monkeys that... Wait. There it is. It can't be. It can't be. Why not? The mad monkey? Yes, I don't think there's much of a mystery to this one. <sighs> but why? No one's seen or heard from him since that thing at the Chronicle building. I thought he was retired or dead. I thought he might be sitting out the war. It seems he's tired of waiting. And if he's pulling these attacks in broad daylight now, it means he wants us to know. He's calling you out. He is, in fact, calling me out. Which means, whatever his plan is, it's almost finished. And we're just getting on board now. No doubt also a part of his plan. We have to find out what we're dealing with, and we have to do it fast. <laughs> ah! Beauregard! Well done! Show our new recruits in for their orientation, will you? Right this way, ladies and ape men, right this way. Thank you. Eyes front, please. No, no grooming. Just be quiet and listen to me a moment. 
Thank you. Now, I am certain that you all have many questions. No doubt this must be a very unnerving experience for you. So I am here to reassure you and take a few questions. Yes, you there? Ah, a good beginning, yes. Did everyone hear the question? Good. I am the Mad Monkey, criminal genius extraordinaire and your lord and master. Everyone get that? Good. You are merely pawns in my deadly game of cat and mouse. No? Was that a little too metaphorical for your devolved brains? How about this? You are merely soldiers in my great army that will finally achieve a glorious piece of villainy that not even the Nazis could manage. No? Uh, I have to say, you ape men may walk the knuckle walk, but when it comes down to it, you aren't half the natural villains that my baboons are. Isn't that right, Beauregard? Yes. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? Well, I suppose not you exactly, but Daddy loves you anyway. Yes. What's that? Oh, yes. <clears throat> Look, it's all very simple. I am the Alpha. Do what I say or I will kill all of you. Yes, you got that, didn't you? And a little blast of my natural mind control ought to do the trick. There we are. Nice and quiet. Compliant little ape men. And soon you, the very citizens whom he has failed to protect, will stand at my side as we finally do what I thought we might never get the chance to do. We're going to kill the man in the mask, kids. We're going to kill the red panda! <laughs> You are listening to the Red Panda Adventures from DecoderingTheater.com. Gerald Owens. Who said that? Perhaps it is your conscience, Gerald Owens. My... I... I I've done nothing wrong. Step out of the shadows. As you wish. The Red Panda. You don't seem surprised, Gerald Owens. No. No, I suppose I've been expecting you. You were lab assistant to Dr. Peter Sterling. Yes, for many years, his assistant and his friend. And when he died, you were left with nothing. It was only natural for you to try and profit from his remaining inventions, Owens. No, you're wrong. It wasn't me. I don't have time for lies, Owens. It's the truth. I saw pictures of the weather phenomenon in Toronto... I know that Dr. Sterling's device is creating those clouds. Why did you not come forward? Hundreds of people are missing. Lives are at stake. I don't know anything about that. The cloud cover is purely defensive. I, I don't know what that fool is doing with it. What fool is that, Owens? For the last year of his life, Dr. Sterling became quite chummy with a very eccentric man. He had always trusted me, confided in me, but his new friend poured poison in his ears and told him that I was out to steal his ideas. Dr. Sterling shut me out, watched me like a hawk, and would never hear a word against his new friend. What was he calling himself, this man? Cresswell. Anthony Cresswell. Holy secret identity! What? There's a girl on the ceiling! You'll get used to it. 
If it eases your mind, Mr. Owens, Dr. Sterling's friend was really a sinister fiend known as the Mad Monkey. The Mad Monkey? Yes. And I have no doubt that he used his natural mind control to turn your friend Dr. Sterling against you. But I thought... I assumed he was in prison. Reports vary. And either he's just not very good at the whole secret alias thing, or he's not even trying. Anthony? No. He wants us to know that it's him. He must have something big planned. Can she come down here? She's making me nervous. Squirrel? There's nothing I like less than when the leopards change their stripes. Spots. What? Leopards have spots. Thank you, Professor Science. My point is, if the monkey wanted to dance, and he wanted you to know it, why not ride into town in that monkey-shaped airship throwing coconut bombs? Why hide behind a cloud and turn people into ape-men? Ape-men? Oh, dear. Yes? The... the de-evolution ray. Okay. I don't like the sound of that. It was one of Dr. Sterling's pet projects. Turning people into monkeys? No. Well... Yes, but no. Oh, good. It is a matter of some debate within the scientific community exactly where genetic information is stored within the living cell. Is it? Yes. Okay, then. Dr. Sterling believed that he had isolated the location and set out to prove it by means of a ray that would stimulate all of the genetic information throughout a living organism simultaneously and create a sudden variance. So, to prove a point, he what? Turn people into missing links? Yes. Well, no, not exactly. There is no way to be certain that he was reverting specimens to an accurate form actually held by their primitive ancestors. The ray merely produced a tiny variance within their genetic code. But either the ray was more powerful than he thought, or the actual genetic difference between man and ape is far less than he believed. The results were quite horrible. Ape-men. Ghastly things. Dr. Sterling never released his findings. What became of the subjects of Sterling's experiments? Oh, the de-evolution ray's effects are not permanent. They last only while the subject is subjected to the beam. The subjects all reverted to their normal form and remembered nothing. Squirrel? That's not what's happening now, Owens. People are getting hit by lightning bolts, turning into apes, and running off. I... I can't explain that. Unless... Unless? Please understand, Red Panda. Dr. Sterling was a brilliant man, but many of his ideas came to nothing. To imagine them fully realized on this scale and working together for evil is quite fantastic. You have to try, Mr. Owens. The fate of the entire city may depend upon it. Dr. Sterling had a concept for broadcast power. Electricity that could be transmitted without the need for wires, either from building to building or within the home. It could have revolutionized the world, but the charge would never carry on the correct frequencies, and so much power was lost in the process. The doctor built a tremendously powerful generator to power it. I tried to encourage him to pursue that, find a market for it, and make his fortune— but he was so despondent at the failure of his vision that he abandoned it. And could that generator power a much stronger version of the ray? More than that. Applied on the correct frequencies, the broadcast apparatus could maintain the effects of the ray. 
keep the subjects in their devolved state indefinitely, as long as they remained within the range of the device. This is why the city hasn't been overrun with ape men. The mad monkey has to keep them near as goodies, or they'll turn back into people. But why? The mad monkey's mind powers have their limitations. He can only exert so much control over humans, but his perfect affinity for baboons overwhelms him. By devolving humans, he may have the best of both worlds. Our missing persons may now be the monkey's perfect army. Swell. So how do we stop it? I think... I think I might have a possible solution. Over here. I think you'll find this particularly interesting, Flying Squirrel. Oh, yeah? Why is that? If you'll just take a look, I think I have it right here. Mad Monkey. There you are. I've had my rain cloud parked over the rooftop for an hour. I thought you'd never get here. <laughs> Don't look so glum. Journey's end at Lover's Meeting. <laughs> what are you talking about, you lunatic? Now that's just going to hurt my feelings. And Shakespeare's. Didn't you miss me at all? Miss you? Come now. Lie to all the others if you must. But you can't imagine that I couldn't tell the difference between you and him. Ah, uh, him. I was trying to be quiet. Trying to wait out your little soldier games, just like I promised. And then I started to hear whispers. Low-level scum who had never met you before. Talking about bullets bouncing right off the red panda. Not passing through you, no hypnotic projections, no terrors to haunt their imaginations for years to come. Just a bulletproof red panda with inhuman strength. High-powered, but none of your style. If you imagine I'm going to explain things to you, you're sadly mistaken. Explain things? What's to explain? You were off playing army men and left me all alone without any thought of what would happen to me if you got yourself killed by somebody else. I admit the thought never entered my mind. It wouldn't, you selfish brute. My greatest foe gone and yet not gone. A fake red panda fooling a gullible public. A city still agog for their mystery man. And me, a nemesis with nothing to nemesis. The war is still on, Mad Monkey. In many ways, for the men protecting this country, it hasn't truly started yet. You gave your word. I never pinky swore. Besides, I lied. What part of supervillain don't you understand? I can't take the chance on losing you again. Losing me? I'm going to wring your neck. Ah! You found Gerald Owens. Sorry about that, old bean. I left you a trail of breadcrumbs right to him. And a little implanted surprise for the squirrel once she was off her guard. Anticlimactic for her, I suppose. But that isn't my fault. I'm not her nemesis. And I couldn't have this sweet, sweet moment spoiled by a sidekick. You maniac! <laughs> you see? I've been practicing! <laughs> you can't get me that way, old sport! I'm playing all defense, not trying to slip a blow through, leaving you no opening. And how do you expect to finish this? I'm so very glad you asked. Oh, how I wish that you could see my Zeppelin these days. I've done a lot of work on her. Dr. Sterling's special cloud hides my modification. The de-evolution beams, the broadcast power... Oh, away. my, yes. 
Got it all figured out, have you? You didn't exactly make it a mystery. <laughs> How could I? How could I hide from your spooky blank eyes? Do you know what I am, Red Panda? There are too many ways to answer that question. <laughs> I am your shadow. Not the dark to your light. I thought that once, but it isn't true. I exist because you are there. I always have. And all the while I waited for you, I felt the creak in my bones and knew what you know. There is no country for old men. And therefore I have sailed the seas and come to the holy city of Byzantium. You're quoting Yeats to me now? I've had some time on my hands. And I know that if I've been thinking about packing it in, and so have you. Then why didn't you? Why this elaborate plan? Where is the profit in this? Reputation! The golden bird that shall sit upon the golden bough and sing of what is past or passing or to come. The red panda dead, slain by his greatest nemesis. It is the only logical conclusion. You can't defeat me if you won't fight me. You know your problem. You have no poetry in your soul. That's your problem. It's time to meet our guests in the lightning round. <laughs> it wasn't easy to modify my ship to hold them all, Red Panda. Even still, it was time to come out of the shadows and let you find me. I don't think we could have carried another one. The innocent people that you kidnapped, transformed with your twisted machine. Yes, you could look at them that way. I prefer to think of them as the men and women of your city, your Byzantium. The people whom you have risked all and lost all to protect. And now they are going to kill you at my command. It is poetry! Pure poetry! <laughs> yes, I suppose we could do it like that. Or I could do this! Oh dear! A gas grenade! Curse you, Red Panda! <laughs> Curse you! Just kidding! Oh, you may have knocked down the first wave. But if you will direct your attention to the rope ladders all around you, may I present eight men with gas masks! Hundreds of them! You are the strangest person I have ever met. Have I ever told you that? Oh, flatterer! Modesty forbids. Oh, don't just stand there flat-footed, Red Panda! If you let them get position on you, you don't have a chance! You don't think I'm really going to fight these poor wretches, do you? I don't think you have a choice. Best get to it. They're nearly all here. I came here to save them. And now you're going to kill them. You know that it's true. You kill one of them, or one of them kills you. Or, dare I dream, both! <laughs> Everybody loses, and I still win! I don't think so. Are they all off? All clear. After it blows, I'm going to plant this puppy in the lake. Stay on your toes. That's what? No! Blow the charges. Kill him! Now! Now kill him! No! No! My hatred! My army! Without Dr. Sterling's broadcast power array, they'll revert to human form and remember nothing. That little vixen! More interference from the sidekick! But how? You didn't really think that a clumsy attack from a hypnotized lab assistant was going to take out the flying squirrel, did you? After all these years, you still underestimate her. And me. If you had killed her, I would have crippled you before you spoke. Oh, that's dark for you. I like it. And now we settle this. No holding back. 
No stalling for time. Oh, I'd love to stay and play. But your adoring public looks awfully woozy, staggering around on this rooftop. It's a hollow victory if one of them dies, isn't it? Like, say, that one over there. Hold on! I got you! Take it easy, I won't let you fall! There! Squirrel! Are you alright? Squirrel! I'm okay, sweetie, but that's more than I can say for the monkey mobile. Did you get him? No. Signal emergency services. We have some people here that need help. Gotcha. Meet you back at the ranch. Squirrel out. There you are. I waited in the lair ten minutes until I realized you had been and gone. Sorry, Skipper. Until little Bill is big enough to ride the pneumatic tubes, Daniel Ma has been relocated to the study. How is he? Out like a light. How are you? I'm less than pleased. We saved a lot of people, got the city out of a panic, destroyed a few fiendish devices that I gotta believe his craziness will never be able to recreate, and little Harry Kelly got a swell scoop for the Chronicle. What is he now, six foot four? And about 120 pounds. Besides, he's a cut reporter. I can call him whatever I want. That's tough but fair. So why so grim? The mad monkey did get away. Yeah, he's good at that, the jerk. And he isn't even trying to commit crimes anymore. This is all about trying to finish me off so he can retire to a little rose-covered cottage on the Serengeti. Yeah, I heard that over the radio ring. It does complicate our plans, you know. How can we just slip away into civilian life with a maniac out there ready to take the city hostage to pull us out of retirement? And kill us. And kill us, yes. Well, figure it out. What makes you so sure? You're pretty clever. Thanks. And I am both dangerous and daring. Yes, boss. Yes, boss. And so concludes another adventure of the Red Panda! This recording and the story, characters, and situations contained therein are the exclusive property of their creator and copyright holder, Greg Taylor, and are produced and distributed by Decoder Ring Theater through arrangement with him. These recordings may not be rebroadcast or redistributed by any means for any reason without express permission. Until next time, when Decoder Ring Theater brings you the further thrilling adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, this is Stephen Burley reminding you DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure! Red Panda Adventures, Episode 87, The Missing Links, was written and directed by Greg Taylor with original music by Andrea Lyons and featured the vocal talents of Christopher Mott, Stephen Burley, Scott Moyle, Ryan Saro, Clarissa Dunetterlanden, and Greg Taylor. Until next time, for all of us here, good night. Ah, Saturday's Story Circle in the Mutual Audio Network. A time for the family to gather together and enjoy tales filled with adventure, humor, and fun. Speaking of family-friendly, have you listened to Bells in the Bathroom? Catch it on Friday Follies and every other week on Sunday Showcase. It's a time for the family to gather together and enjoy tales filled with stinky puns, odd characters, and bizarre plots, such as they are. Bells in the Bathroom on the Mutual Audio Network. It will have your family going around in circles.